It's Friday, everybody. It's Friday. It's Friday, everybody. It's the end of a good week. It's the end of a good week in the Word for us. We've been in the Psalms this week, and I'm just loving it. I really love today. Psalm 62 and Psalm 63. Did you read them? Uh, oh my goodness, they're really, really sweet Psalms, and I, and I love them. How are you? Uh, y'all good? Um, appreciate your time in the Word with me. My name is Tim Harris. I'm pastor at Woodburn Baptist Church. Uh, Woodburn, Kentucky, South Central Kentucky, you can find our church uh, online, woodburnbaptist.org, here on Facebook, on YouTube, our channel there. You can follow our Sunday sermons. You can follow Tim with Tim uh, and uh, whatever, uh, however uh, you choose to uh, partner with our church or uh, or be my friend in the Word. Uh, I treasure that. I appreciate your uh, faithfulness. Uh, Psalm 62 is interesting. Um among other things, because it's it's a psalm that talks about God, but not to God. I mean, most psalms are prayers or hymns that address God directly. But Psalm 62 talks about, it's like a testimony. Uh, I waited, you know, patiently for God. I waited quietly before God, the, the psalm starts, and then just continues to talk about God and, and how he depends upon the Lord and how he has enemies. But Again, it's more of a testimony. It's kind of interesting. It's not until the very last verse where there's an actual prayer uh, addressing God, and that is, you know, uh, oh Lord, uh, power belongs to you, unfailing love is yours. So at the end, he praises God and speaks to God. But this sort of is unique among the Psalms uh, because of that simple reason that it talks about God, not to God, uh, until the very end. So anyway, I just sort of noticed that, uh, wanted to point that out. Uh, but it's still a really beautiful poem. Uh, I, I really love it. Uh, the Hebrew there, uh, verse 1 and verse 5, um, I, waited quite, I, I waited quietly before God. Um, the Hebrew there says something like, uh, only, only to God or only, only to God is my soul silent. Uh, only to God. Uh, that's different. Again, I don't know exactly how I would translate that in English to make it clear. I waited quietly before God is probably a good a good translation, but only to God is my heart silent. For me, that says something more about the fact that um, only God is able to truly quiet my soul. You know what I'm saying? You ever seen a baby crying and everybody's passing a baby around and nobody can make the baby be still and then you hand it to its mama and instantly, boom, you know, the baby just instantly quiets and calms because it knows that it's in its mother's arms. Um, my soul is like that and your soul is like that. And there are many, many things we try in this world to comfort ourselves and to calm ourselves and to ease our anxiety and to erase our our, our fears but only god uh, only to god is my soul silent you know and, and that's what psalm 62 is saying and, and I, I just think it's really kind of beautiful uh verses three and four uh to me i, I wrote in the margin of my margin of my bible here beside verses three and four uh, what what the eyes see what I see, because what the eyes would see is enemies all against me. You know, so many enemies against one man, all of them trying to kill me. To them, I'm just a broken down wall, a tottering fence. Those are images of vulnerability. Do you see that? A broken down wall. If the wall is broken down, that means everything's going to come right in. And it's just that picture of, of vulnerability. And, and you've probably felt that at times in your life. Maybe right now, you feel very vulnerable, very exposed. 
Um, and, and, and this is what the eyes see. This is what you see when you just look at, at your life uh, through, through, through human eyes. They're going to topple me. You know, they're planning on pushing me off a cliff. They're going to lie about me. They're going to praise me to my face, but they're going to talk about me and curse me behind my back. You know, That's reality. Not saying it's not reality. That's what eyes see. That's what's available to the senses. That's what any fool can know by just looking around. But, but verses 5, uh, 6, 7, verses 5 to 8 are in contrast. So in other words, there's, there's what what any fool can see by just looking at the you know the world around them, but then there's what only faith knows. You know what eyes can't see, and and I wrote that. You know what faith knows, what eyes can't see. Beside verse five, six, seven. Um, again, only to God is my soul silent. You know my hope is in Him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress where I shall not be shaken. My victory and honor come from God alone. He's my refuge. You know. Um, do you see that? Like, that's what faith knows. You still got enemies. You still got trouble. You still got problems, but, but I still have a refuge in the Lord, you know? So there's that contrast between what any fool can see, but what only the person of faith can know. And that is that God is going to never leave you or forsake you. You will always find your refuge in him. I, I just, I'm really encouraged by that uh, today. Verse six, uh, chapter sixty-two and sixty-three, are uh, for me. They relate late to one another because they sort of they come down to two things, and, and I think in your spiritual life, your spiritual health really comes down to two qualities, two things about you, and and I would say it's your it's your uh, desire and your devotion, your desire and, and, and your devotion. Psalm 62 is all about desire. You know, only to God is my soul silent. You know, I wait quietly before him. My hope is him. He's my rock, my salvation, my victory, my honor, my refuge, my rock. I mean, you see that? Um, you know, uh, th- th- my desire is for him. But then uh, in verse 8, oh, my people trust in him at all times. Pour out your heart to him. You know, devotion is that, you know, that I surrender allness of your life. Will you pour out your heart to him? Will you pour out your soul to him? You know, for he is, he is your refuge. Power, O God, belongs to you. Unfailing love, O Lord, is yours. Finally, the psalm ends with prayer. Surely you repay people according to their works. Uh, and that's Psalm 62. Can we go to Psalm 63? Because it's just so beautiful. Uh, psalm 63 takes that one step further. What I just said about desire and devotion. Psalm 62 is so much about desire. Y'all ever known a pregnant woman and uh, pregnant women have weird cravings? My wife said when she was pregnant with our son Wade, this was a thousand years ago, but, but when my wife was pregnant with our son Wade, she once said to me, she said, I don't really have any cravings. It's just all I want is cheese. <laughs> you know, well, you know, honey, I think technically that is the definition of a craving. If all you want is cheese, you know, I guess the thing is, you know, our son's 29, she ain't pregnant, but my wife, you know, all she wants is still cheese. You know, my, my wife, she can live on cheese. Uh, I like cheese too. Um, the point I would make, uh, Casey is a nurse. My wife says that, I think that's called what, pica? Uh, these are the cravings of a pregnant woman. And uh, according to medical professionals, you pay attention to those cravings because they typically reveal something that your body is lacking. So if you're craving, you know, you know, women who just eat, 
you know, in the old days, they would just eat starch, you know. Well, th- there's something in that that, you know, eat dirt by the spoon. You know, there's something in that, some nutrient that's lacking and their body is finding a way. You know, your body doesn't even necessarily know what it is that it needs, but it craves, you know. Uh, and, and so your soul is the same way. And, and I said all that garbage to say that uh, you can know a lot about your soul by paying attention to what it is that you crave spiritually. Pay attention to what it is that you most want. That will tell you most everything about, about the condition of your soul. And in Psalm 63, uh, the craving is for the Lord. The thirst is after the Lord. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there's no water. I love that. Uh, the soul thirsts for God in this world that's like a dry and parched land. In other words, what the psalmist is saying is, man, I, I thirst for you. And this world is a desert. It's a beautiful way of saying there is nothing down here that can satisfy my thirst, my desire. Only you, God, you know, nothing down here. I thirst for you, which means this whole world is a desert, you know, because there's nothing down here that can quench my thirst. I, I just, I love that so much. You satisfy me more than the richest feast. I mean, this is just so beautiful. Uh, When I was reading this uh, in the last couple of days, my question became, does everybody experience this? You know, we're all created in the image of God. Does everybody have, because I do, on my best days, I have this desire. But the thing about spiritual desire it's a fragile thing. It's a fragile thing. And that's why you must be very faithful in your desire for God because you don't want necessarily to lose that or you don't want to let your soul forget what it is that you most need. And, and, and I think that's what I would say. Back to my question, does everybody experience this longing for God? I say, yes, they do. I think it's very possible to long for him and even love him and not know that it's God that you long for. Back to Casey. Uh, I remember the night in college when I realized I love her. (laughs) And it was kind of a surprise to me because we were friends and I'd never really thought of her as, as the one that my soul craved, you know? Uh, as as the one that I love, but it hit me like a ton of bricks. On a Wednesday night in college, I realized, oh my goodness, it's Casey. I love her. I want her. You know, it's Casey. Uh, now, it was a realization. In other words, it wasn't like, oh, I think I'm beginning. You know, you know it's like, no, it, it's her. It's been her. I just didn't know. You, you know, I didn't know what was happening, you know. And I do think it's possible that, that, that all people love God and have hearts that long for him. But the sad thing is because of sin um, and stubbornness, a whole lot of people, they don't really understand that it's God that they crave, that, that it's, it's the Lord that they love. Uh, So yeah, I think we're all wired this way. Verse six, I lie awake thinking about you. This convicts me because to be honest, I don't think I've had a really good night's sleep since about last August. Uh, Don't feel sorry for me. It's it's just life. I'm old. Uh, But but also... um, I think you can know a lot about yourself by what, where your brain goes when you wake up at two in the morning. Uh, where does it go? Uh, on good nights, my brain goes to my grandchild, my grandson that's on the way, going to be here in May, Lord willing. Um, so, so that's happy. Um, 
on most nights, though, it just goes to you know church problems and you know worries and and that kind of thing. I, I don't know why my soul, you know, would lay there and worry. I, I, I get so convicted because sometimes I'll worry for an hour and a half in the middle of the night and then think, you know, you know, dummy, pray. Why don't, why don't you pray? You know, like I'll then worry and fret, you know, and just roll around in anxiety when you know I could pray, you know. I'm just saying that when you wake up like that, your brain goes to, you know, it goes to what it is that's most important. And and yeah, all of these things are important to me, but I'm not expected to carry these burdens on my own. You know, if I if my if my heart would just fly straight to the Lord and, and, and that's the way I want to train my desire, you know, and, and my devotion. Verse eight, I, I'm done. Y'all. I, got, I got to beat them over time. Verse eight, I cling to you. Verse eight, I cling to you and your strong right hand holds me. I love that. It's this mutual attraction. I'm reaching for him. He's reaching for me. But notice there's two different things. I cling for you. I cling to you. You hold on to me. <laughs> you know, like clinging is that idea of, man, I could lose it. And I could, man. I, my grip is not strong when it comes to clinging to God. And I can turn loose and grab something else so fast. Uh, but he holds me. He's not going to let me go. You know, he's not going to lose his grip on me, even if I lose my grip on him. And I just love that. I cling to you, but your strong right hand holds me securely. Isn't that good? Uh, I I love that. Uh, Psalm 63 is called a royal psalm because at the end, the king will rejoice in God. Again, it's a psalm of David. So once more, it's David using court language, you know, speaking as if he's not the king. It's just the way they would talk. But but uh, it's a psalm of David, but I love the way he wrote it because I'm telling you, uh, that's a psalm of Tim too. Uh, I love that. My soul thirsts for you, O God, in this dry and weary land. Nothing down here is going to satisfy my thirst for the Lord. Uh, there you go, y'all. Good week. I will see you in the morning. No, no, no. I will see you on Monday morning, Lord willing, 10 o'clock for Tim with Tim. So have a good weekend. Sunday morning, I'm wrapping up uh, my series called Money Talks, talking about giving. It's all I wanted to talk about, y'all. All of this was to get to Sunday. I can't wait to preach on giving. Uh, so again, if I don't see you Sunday morning, 8, 9, 30, 11 at Woodburn Baptist Church, I will see you Monday morning right here, 10 o'clock for Tim with Tim. Love you guys so much. Have a good weekend.